0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 973 with Dave Domzalski. Right? If you're a bartender, your job is to
1: wow my guests, right? Create repeat customers. Number one. I want to make sure this this person is having an amazing time. Uh secondly, maybe it's make amazing cocktails, amazing drinks, depending on your bar. Maybe it's slinging beer as fast as I can. Whatever our thing is, whatever our theme behind the bar is, pour the best draft perfectly every time, recommend the greatest beer, whatever. My job ain't counting stuff. So you've got that guy or gal, and then you have Barmetrics, a bunch of nerds who like to count stuff.
0: Are you ready for it, it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and in today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become Unstoppable. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, This episode brought to you by Pop Menu. Are you looking to grow your restaurant in 2023? Are you and your team focusing on driving more revenue or connecting with diners more? Maybe you want to increase sales without physically expanding your brick and mortar. If this is all true, then you are looking for Pop Menu. Pop Menu. Technology for restaurants that are ready to grow. For a limited time, my listeners can get $100 off their first month, plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get your $100 off your first month and learn more about Pop Menu's entire collection of tools at popmenu.com backslash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, owner of Barmetrics Miami, author of best selling book, The Bar Shift 41 Management Lessons You Don't Want to Learn the Hard Way, and soon to be second author of the book, Hospitality DNA Career Journeys with Unprecedented Insights from the Industry from Award Winners, Dave Domzowski. Dave, my man, are you feeling unstoppable today?
1: Absolutely yes, absolutely dude. unstoppable, man.
0: Yeah. Awesome, dude. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, you saw my email letting everybody know that I was going to be headed to Miami. Yeah. You landed on my radar. I usually don't respond to, to the people trying to get on the show, honestly, because <laughs> I don't want to be the one to decide who gets to be made an example of. I'm really mm-hmm. trying to make get to the point where the industry is steering the ship of restaurant unstoppable. But honestly, after talking to you, um, Bar Metrics has been mentioned a bunch of times on the show, and that's one of the, the filters um, that I use to be a guest on the show. If you're a product or service, is you have to be recommended to me organically on the show first. So the universe started just to overlap. I put you. I, we we got coffee. I want to make sure that I, I was vibing with you. That you seem like a good dude and instantly, dude, I, I can tell you're an awesome guy and you have a wealth of knowledge. So I know this is going to be good. I cannot wait to dive into your story, who you are, what Bar Metrics is all about, and really what you're doing with Bar Metrics, which, which isn't just giving people a tool, but you're it goes so much beyond that. We'll get into that uh, before this all happens, though. Let's get that motivational, inspirational. Boss. Rolling with a success quote or mantra, what do you got for us?
1: What I got for you, uh, this is a personal one for me. It's it's a very horribly paraphrased uh, from Abraham Lincoln. Whatever you are, be a good one.
0: Whatever you are, be a good one. So, why does that resonate with you?
1: So, um, I, I see two two groups of people in in my in my entire life experience, but especially in bars and restaurants. Those who are there to pass the time, make a check, and do whatever, and those who actively participate in whatever it is they're doing to try to be the best at that activity, that job, and so on, and those who really just have the idea that whatever I am doing, why, first off, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, if if I am if I am actively trying to be uh, good at what I am doing, they tend to succeed. Anywhere they want to in life. Mm. Right. It's one it, to me, it's one of the, the greatest determiners of, of, of success. Um, so if I see a barback hustling, you know, cruising around, whatever, I actually had a kid in Baltimore, best guy I've ever had. He was yeah. amazing, wanted to be a social worker. And when he got into that field, he got everything he wanted because that's just his mentality.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so that's, that's, I think it's more important than a lot of other markers um, where you were educated, how you were educated, yeah. intelligence, big difference between uh, intelligence and education. Yeah.
0: We are talking about that earlier a little bit. Maybe yeah. we'll save a little bit for, for later. But <laughs> listening to that quote, the, the thing that comes to my mind, and it's a book that's been uh, recently recommended, or it was resurfaced when we were talking to John Kunkel because it was the book you recommended the first time we had him on the show. And I recently connected with Kathleen Wood, who specializes in this mindset of the one thing. What okay. is your one thing? And putting all of your So, like, when you you, you ended your quote with a, whatever it is you're trying to be. Be a good one be a at good like, one. be a good one, right? Yeah. But th- I think there's a little like this idea of just focusing on one thing, not trying to be everything. Yeah. What, do one whatever it is you're trying to do. Be good at that one thing and know your lane. Stay in it and and use that that asset to you know leverage other relationships where people are strong where you're weak. You know, yeah, that's kind of what's going through my mind. Awesome way to get this thing started. Um, so. Where does it make sense to start sharing your story? So I'm, I'm looking at you as an expert. You know, you're definitely an expert. We have your book right here. I, I read the title for the camera. It's the 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 bar shift uh, 41 management lessons. You don't have to learn the hard way. So we're going to
1: uh, talk on. available on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Available on Amazon <laughs> yeah. and
0: soon uh, your second book will be available. Hopefully by the time this episode drops, this, yeah. the second book on um, hospitality DNA will be available as well. But you're an expert man, so we're going to be going deep into what you teach your uh, clients, how to, how to get those. Um, I mean, your, your inventory management for, uh, the bar, right. Um, but it's when, when, we find out that there's something off you kind of coach them up so we're gonna be diving into maybe five lessons that you teach the people to get their their numbers like their shrinkage as small as possible right mm-hmm. but before we get into that i want to know who are you like well, how did you get to this point um because you have an entrepreneurial journey yourself man it's pretty inspiring so let's share that <laughs> so like where does it make sense to start sharing your story
1: i mean i usually start in a what what seems like a very odd place um to if, if I think about my story it seems odd when I was an engineer for Polk audio yeah uh, because that's that was the first that was the first time I truly actively worked towards this industry was the end of that career yeah uh, I was I, I'm, I, I went to school for physics uh, I have a degree in physics uh, math music is in there as well um, and and I thought man I, I want to do this I've been pursuing bo- Polk audio for years before I even worked there Um yeah. Uh, probably like five years. Okay. So I thought I got my dream job, and after three years of this, I found out, um, as many do, that engineering is very repeti- repetitious. Mm. Uh, it's incremental changes, and for me that was very boring.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, great for some people, not for Dave Domzalski. Yeah. So I uh, I had potential different careers I could do. One was restaurants. Actually, a uh, a very uh, dear family member uh, and I had talked about opening a restaurant for years, like a lot of people do, right? Mm -hmm. He had passed, unfortunately, and I was very dark about that at the moment, so I was like, you know what, that's where I'm going. That's what mm. I'm gonna do. I had two other possible like career: FBI, uh, physics professor at Michigan State was lined up, and I'm like, I'm gonna go wait tables because that's the right thing to do now. How How'd your family feel about this? Oh, mom um, loved it. <laughs> Actually, dude, no, they were so supportive. Yeah. Um, they really were. Uh, it's it's I'm the third in line, so the first two were successful. I yeah. was the the experimental one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the kids. Uh, but no, she was super supportive about it. The Whole family was, uh, you know, and and I was very aimless at the time, uh, but I knew I wanted to open a restaurant. Um, at that time, I did. And so the, I can't remember his title, but a guy named Micah uh, wrote a lot of the copy for Polk Audio. And he also did tons of copy for bars and restaurants in Fells Point, Baltimore, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a beautiful area if you like bars and restaurants and places. Um, so he introduced me to a couple owners there yeah. and let me interview him. You know, say, hey, what should I do? Should I do this? You know, So on and so forth. And one of them was about to open up his second and third concepts that were stacked on top of each other. Uh, I said, great, I'd like to come work for you. Uh, and he seemed like he knew what he was doing. And I said, what should I do? And he said, well, everything. Mm-hmm. So I started bar backing, uh, food running, uh, then serving, uh, eventually bartending, bar managing. And at the end of my bar management, last six months, bar match was brought in to, uh, it was uh, Cooperstown. What tab. year is this? Ooh, okay.
0: Not the t- date No, no, no. <laughs> 2001, <laughs>
1: two, three, four, five, six. So 2007, I believe. Okay. Yeah, about 2007. Um and it was Patrick Russell, who owned Cooper's Tavern uh, in Solangea in Fells Point, Baltimore. Um, that's my plug for you, Patrick. And um, and Barmetrics, he brought Barmetrics in because he knew he had an issue. He knew he knew something wasn't working with his numbers. He didn't couldn't figure it out. Uh, so he brought them in to figure it out. And I happened to be the guy. So he said he wants somebody watching them, make sure they're doing it right, because he was a very much trust but verify kind of guy. And uh, so he had me uh, sort of shadowing them. And I started asking tons and tons of questions, watching what they were doing. And I realized, like, okay, hold on. I love I love people, which is why I wanted to be in the restaurant, so why, uh, why I fit there.
0: You're in the vein with me, man. Right? Yep.
1: Uh, but I also, I clearly have a love for data, physics, math, music, all very yeah. mathematical data things. Yeah. Right? And this brought it right together. I'm like, holy crap, this could be it. So I started talking to this guy, Jason. And funny enough, about a week after, I said to him, hey, I think I might want to work for you. He's like, dude, I can't poach you. I, so I had to talk to Patrick, which was fine. Patrick comes up to me in, in uh in the restaurant and says, Hey man, I convinced you, right? I said, Convince me
0: of what, Patrick? That you don't want to do this? It's like that it's <laughs> no, that it's insane to own a restaurant. Like you have to be a special kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: And I said, Yeah, man, I don't have what it takes. i d I don't. Yeah. Um like I could never the the hours, the the intensity, the the particular um people that you're working with on here, there, everywhere. It's
0: not as it's, sexy as people like I say it all the time. It's brutal. My my goal really, with this podcast, one, obviously is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. If you're still listening to this after (laughs) hundreds of episodes, you're like, yeah, 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 I want to do this. Then I want to inspire, I want to empower, and I want to help you transform the industry with the values you're going to learn from the show. Mm -hmm. But the secondary goal is to talk you the fuck out of this oh, dude. because it's hard and I'm, like, yeah. I'm gonna be honest I man I've almost talked myself out of it. like there's still a part of me that wants to be involved with with owners but like yeah. I recognize that I don't have what it takes if I'm being completely yeah. honest me too. you know like I, I don't. don't like skill set like I don't have the strengths necessary the attention to detail uh, I, I just don't have that you know yeah. um, but I think I could add value to somebody who's doing good and maybe find a way to partner and that's kind of what I'm thinking now like if I were to continue but I also love restaurant people like you do you know yeah and that's really what drew me to the industry is I I love like the people that I worked with were my friends you know the right. people that I would want to hang out with outside of work you yeah. know and I just love restaurant people they're hardworking they're funny they're socially emotionally intelligent uh, you know I just click with those people yeah. so like that's why like I love doing the show is because I get to find the coolest most badass restaurant people out there <laughs> and and then right. like trap them for two hours and yeah. talk to them so anyway keep, keep going with well, your story
1: and you just said something sorry that 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 I don't want to forget because I'm a pad to write things down Um the there's a there's a there's this idea that a lot of people outside the industry have of you know restaurants and bars are places where misfits go and and people who can't do other stuff go and well, losers whatever <laughs> misfits some, some yes truth. but not the other part <laughs> yeah. um, and I found uh, there was a kid I was telling you about earlier a guy named Dan um, who was a was a a pothead drug experimenting kid who would constantly be reading like Tibetan Book of the Dead this that and the other. Uh, went on to become a brilliant and phenomenal, wonderful social worker, one of the smartest guys I've ever known. Um, and that's that's not rare yeah. in our industry. So I, I, I'm really, you know, uh, vibing on what you're saying there about uh, just the, the, the type of people that you that you meet in this industry and the intelligence and taking that to the ownership. Um, Patrick is part of why. So like I said, it was, it was the marriage of people and data. And Patrick has been reason as to why I wanted to work with owners as well. So because I got to watch his journey and the br- the brutality of it, which it, the reward, amazing. This guy is incredibly successful now. I think he has like five or six locations of Cooper's. He's got two food trucks that do it, do it really, really well. Uh, he's opened up other businesses and so on. Um, but watching him pour everything, I mean, and I mean everything into this business, his mortgage, uh, his savings, his blood, sweat and tears. He had kids he couldn't see for half the time because he was building this thing for his family. And I thought to myself, um, you know, I can I can stay in this industry that I've grown to love, like absolutely fell in love with in these three years, um, and I can I can do something fundamentally transformational for people uh, who frankly deserve it for what yeah. they've done. Like yeah. this is just you yes. deserve to be successful if you do this.
0: Yeah, and that's you know back to like why the podcast exists because they're good a lot of good people, restaurant people, are people we love. Like yeah. and they, a lot of them put themselves in bad pos- places, bad positions because they, they go to open a restaurant they don't realize what it takes and they don't deserve what happens to them. You know, they're just trying to add value right. to the world and live their passion and they end up going bankrupt that and they, they it's so hard to recover sometimes. And you got to wear that burden of failure, yeah. you know, and hopefully this podcast and your knowledge sharing your experience, your knowledge will help people, you know, out of that. I so, hope so, yeah, man, um, I really do. Yeah.
1: So, so to, to, to carry on for you. So I started working with Jason Yeager in Baltimore. Yeah. Brilliant, gr- brilliant guy. Uh, phenomenal, uh, Can't call a boss a mentor, but he he taught me so much in this in this industry.
0: Why can't you call a boss a mentor?
1: (laughs) At the moment, there's a paid uh, relationship; it 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 falls out of the mentorship uh, the mentorship uh, classification. Um, A mentor has to be able to say whatever they need to say, and you have to be able to say whatever you need to say. And you Uh can't do that with a boss. Yeah, a coach is not somebody. A paid coach can't be a mentor because again, there's a financial transaction. It's in Hospitality DNA, by the way. I just finished that chapter. Yeah. Uh, that was the last one we had to do. So I, I've, I've gotten really deep into what it means to be a Metro, But yes, that's the yeah. long answer. I give long answers. I'm sorry. No. It's uh, <laughs> Phil's time. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So um, where was I? Right. So I'm working with Jason Yeager, and he, he teaches me the ropes. And he gives me a uh, the other side of what I felt why I eventually wanted to own. Uh, he gives me a mechanism where I can stay inside the industry uh, I can help people, but I can also make a solid wage. Mm. Um, and I still use his model; it's a it's a percentage of payment model. Um, so, so with him, I was I was doing very, I was very happy with what I was making, doing what I was doing. Um, and at some point, I think it was like three, or four years in, and I, I try to remember, but sometimes I lose it. Uh, the founder of, of Barmetrics, Sean Finter, and his partner Ray, they've been hopping continents. So Sean started Barmetrics in. 1999 in Sydney, Australia, at a kitchen table with his wife. Um, Brilliant, brilliant mind. Like this dude
0: is $7,600 to his name. I think is what the is book said. that what, said. yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he very far into it.
1: And he was doing the same thing, right? Yeah. So it's the same spirit of helping people. He was helping bars and restaurants in Sydney uh, find success because he had created success at other venues, uh, but he realized there wasn't a, a tool that he could use. Uh, there was another company that was just starting uh, where he could get a really strong understanding of what was happening over here. Um, it's a good spot to be because I can yeah, gesture. Yeah. Um, so he decided he's not a programmer you know this is not part of this so he said I'm going to figure this out I'm going to hire programmers and they're going to build a platform that can make this so detailed that we can actually use it to affect change like real actual profit like uh, measurable ROI to any bottom line we work with so he creates that um, then he moves from there uh, and there was, I think that at this point there might've been one in London. I forget the exact order. So I think it opened up in, uh, he had two, two offices in Sydney. I think one in London, he moves back to Canada. He's from Schomburg, Canada, uh, which if you ever meet the guy, uh, he'll have funny things to say about Schomburg. I won't steal his thunder. Um, and he's working with a franchisee in Toronto. So they're building that up. Now he and Ray knew that the ultimate destination of bar metrics had to be the States because our bar culture is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and in wonderful so why ways. Why did he
0: start here? I'm curious
1: he wanted to figure it out first before Um, he didn't want to he didn't want to mess up here he didn't want to learn too many lessons
0: yeah yeah
1: so um because of and when i say ridiculous i mean in a good way ridiculous like just i mean it's it's a fast thing yeah so at that point he he moves it to washington dc works out a deal with jason yeager um he trades washington dc for delaware and i came part of that as like you know uh flotsam jetsam with it with the business so that he could he could run dc um and because I've been building D.C. For, for Jason Yeager at that point. So we could say building
0: D.C. You're saying building the client, base. the client place yep. for Bar Metrics. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think we were at about three thousand dollars a week in billing at that point, give Got or it. take. Um, so we built that from three to twelve thousand dollars a week in billing. And uh, he, they, they said, look, we want to go to pure franchising. We don't want to have an office. So they, uh, I helped them find a buyer. They sold DC, and they went pure, pure franchising. And I went from uh, operations manager of DC to global director of operations for uh, which was a brilliant period in my life because I got to go to uh, all the good spots: D- Dubai, <laughs> Sao Paulo, LA, which my brother lives in. That was cool. Atlanta, which I had no idea how gorgeous it was there. Right. Uh, so an international national, like all over the place. And I'm training up these new franchisees. And it's funny, Danny Bro. Um, so Sean, but by the way, Sean Finter has since sold his shares. Um, he's moved on to more of um, coaching, like industry, like just people in the industry, industry greats. He works with Jack McGarry and um, uh, Julio Cabrera, and then all a bunch of people, Gary Crunkleton and, and uh, Charlie. We were talking about earlier. Um, so. Uh, so Sean Sean moved on to that. So Sean Sean's doing a, a new thing, new phase of his life, and uh, so he sold his shares to to Ray Walsh, and Ray Walsh bought a new partner, Danny Bro. Got it. Danny Bro uh, owns New Orleans, and. Um, it's a good market to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just, Miami's, my, honestly, as a market for what we do, Miami is better, but well, New Orleans but you is You think awesome.
0: about, like, New Orleans is a good market for drinking, but it's also a very small city.
1: Yes. Miami
0: is fucking giant. Dude, it's huge. Dude. I didn't ever. I was saying this to Sam because we're traveling around together. Um, Sam Hall, Sam and Sam.com. I'm so happy to have him with me on the road. But he spent some time in Miami, and I was like, dude, I didn't realize Miami was like, has such a big footprint. Yeah. It's Miami, it's Miami Beach, it's mid Miami Beach, or whatever there's like all the like little havana yeah. like it's yeah, yeah. it's a massive footprint i was like holy shit i didn't realize it was this big
1: yeah each one of these areas can have anywhere from 10 to 50 bars and restaurants yeah yeah i, I chose. i did my market research data guy kicked in i did not pick this by accident
0: i get to pick my market hmm. uh, yeah uh-huh. i'll take
1: miami i was like how much for both ter- terry <laughs> yeah. like, how much for both i was like i <laughs> need a sweetheart deal i am working for you man <laughs> <laughs> so uh and Rated rated right by me. Um, so <laughs> Danny, bro, around comes around. So Danny, at this, so at this point in this conversation, Sean Finters and Ray are still the partners. Danny, bro, is a franchisee in Orleans. I had trained Danny in Toronto. Uh, that was one of the first trainings I did in, in my, actually, no, it was the first, him and Robin from, from Vancouver. And Danny, Danny's talking about what he's making we're talking about his we're looking at his financials or whatever and he goes and I'm, and I'm talking about what i'm making And he's like man dave i really love making owner money and i'm looking at his numbers like i'd like to make owner money <laughs> so uh fast forward a couple of years i don't know the time frame because i don't remember when he said i just remember he said that we actually still joke about it sometimes um so fast forward and um uh this is before actually well before covid um let's see so this would have been 2017 yeah um and i i realized that part of my personality i didn't know this about myself until until this time um i don't like having a boss um i don't like being told what to do by a boss
0: my way of saying that is i'm unemployable
1: (laughs) (laughs) i you know what i actually make a really good employee i'm good at following orders and doing all that stuff but i don't enjoy it yeah it's weird Mm. um so so yeah so I, I'm like ah, and then th- th- I want owner money and this that, and the other so I'm like you know I, I got to move on to something and I didn't know what at that point uh, I was talking to my girlfriend at the time and now my wife uh, who's absolutely amazing um, and and she said well, why, why don't you buy a franchise and I said well well because of this and we sat down for a two hour lunch one day she I was like I can't because of this and because of this and because of this two hours later she explained to me why I was wrong about all those things and uh, and the decision was made I was like you know what you're right I ran financials I did a bunch of uh, I made three different models for how could this work out like what if I fail at this what if I do about what I think what if I excel um and uh and and that was it i I started coming down here um ray knows this already but it was while i was working i took a vacation (laughs) to map it out and i said well at least i'm buying in um and uh yeah so then i went to sean and ray and and we worked out details and uh so i bought this Uh, and that's how i got involved with bar metrics there's so much that happened along the way in that and i learned a massive amount then and even more now yeah Uh, but that was the beginning
0: i'm curious uh your your wife Said she talked you out of the, the world of franchising. Uh, you said, you know, it's not for me for all these reasons. And she said, no, it is for you for all these reasons. Can we get into the details of that?
1: So, yeah, it, it, you know, it was, it was three basic things I think a lot of people worry about just in general. But it was, um, I, I didn't have the, the money to put in initially. And she said, no, no. Uh, and we were just dating this time. I don't know to this day what I, what I did to impress this woman <laughs> to do that and then marry me. She's, again, incredible. Um, she said, no, no, I, I have I have a, a fund that I was going to invest in stocks or whatever. I'd rather invest in you because um, we have been together for about two years at this point. She's like, I've seen what you do. I've seen what you can do. That's a keeper right there. Dude, Thanks, let me tell honey. you. I, well, it was I, it was a year and a half before that that I decided I was going to marry her, but this was just like psh, icing all <laughs> yeah. over that cake. So so that was one. Um, the second one was you know there was no so where we lived in Northern Virginia, Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, beautiful area, uh, just about ten minutes south of Washington, ten minutes to the monuments, just incredible. And I said, well, D.C. has already been bought, and Northern Virginia is available, and I don't want that market. We, that was actually a large part of the discussion. Um, Mostly because the mentality there of most bar owners was such that it was very difficult for me to sell in there. Um, I could give you my theories why, but it was always tough, always tough to, to get him, bring us in. Um, and so that was that was the second one. So I was like, I'd have to move. And she's like, that's fine. We can work that out. And I was like, well, I don't want to you know, lose you. I'd already known that. Um, and she's like, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And she convinced me with magic or something. She, yeah. Something, Uh, and the third one was like, I don't, you know, there's a difference between doing something as an employee and doing something as an owner, Uh, and it's, and I've learned it's actually a much bigger difference than I even realized then. And that one, she, just, she was like, hey, you know how to do this, 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 this. And I was
0: like, oh, okay, you know. Um,
1: and those were the three big ones.
0: But what were the reasons why you didn't want to do it? Because you said, no, like, those,
1: were, those were it. Oh, like, the, I, didn't, oh. I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't I have she, the money. I can't do it because the money. I was like, I don't. And she's like, I oh, got the money. I like, she, well, when you
0: said she has the money, I thought that was you were giving the reasons why you could no, do it. No, that's how okay. she
1: convinced me. I got you, got you Yeah, she convinced me with, she's like, no, nope, I got the funds. I said, well, well, yeah, I, I'm going to have to move. Like, I can't do it here. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. I can- thought your
0: issues were with franchising in general.
1: Oh, oh, um, so funny story on that. So, uh, Arno, Arno, uh, Arno Stammer, who owns LA or he yeah. owns a chunk of LA. Um, he explained it best. He was, he was looking into a business opportunity and he had a, a very, very successful business advisor, actually still, still a good friend and advisor, his, and, or mentor actually was his mentor. Um, and uh, he was looking at whatever he could do, and he found Bar Metrics, and he went to his mentor. He said, I'm thinking about doing this franchise. He says, don't do franchises. Too much controls this, that, and the other. He said, just look at the contract. So he gave it to him, and his mentor said, this is the only franchise I would ever get involved with. Um, and the reasons were that while there was a good framework, like here's how things have to work for the most part, they give you a massive amount of freedom with how you
0: execute yeah. So really all a franchise is is a brand and a system associated with that brand on how to do something. And you own the and into- what what else? Yes.
1: And well there's also varying levels of control. Yeah. Um, so McDonald's you can't make the Mick I don't know. limitations
0: on what you Mc can, can do. do yeah. Mick
1: limitations. You have yeah. Mick limitations. <laughs> yeah. Sorry I don't In- know if I can say this. Uh, but yeah, like you could the products are, are are approved tested rolled out and so on you can't just start chucking out stuff on yeah exactly on
0: so like it's a set way of doing things it's systems right that are branded so it's a brand correct. and a set of systems that you're limited to correct you have no creativity uh, right. But here's the thing and this is my evolution as a podcast host when i first started this podcast i was like fuck franchising yeah like that yeah, is yeah, the yeah. the bane of our existence it's destroying the world like it's <laughs> like i do not i will never interview a franchisee or a franchise or yeah. uh i'll I'll eat my words now. I think yeah. I, I'm wrong. I think honestly, I think my, my issue was with the, the size of some of these companies. Mm-hmm. And I think that is more of my issues. Is a, a company can get too big. And yeah. when a company gets too big, I think you dilute the, the quality of the culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the other part is, it's uh, hu- part of human existence. Hu- being a human is to, to create, we are creators. You know, we're one of the few species that can like literally create. And I like, think of things and, like up in our mind, and, like create something. And I think, it stifles the human um, potential. When you when you say no, this is how we do it and you, you can't add to any of the like it, it just, it's people want to feel like they're contributing, getting better. And when you're not allowed to do that, it stifles the human elements. And right. I like the human elements. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said in smaller organizations, you can still have a franchise. You can still have an influence. You can still grow and change things, but it has to be a universal change throughout the the, the franchise. I think a franchise is a great way to scale up business if it's a small business. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, there's no limit. Like, you can only a, fr- a franchise can stop at twenty units. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I think my issue is with huge organizations where the culture is diluted. Um, because I think behind every great restaurant is a great person. And uh, that person usually recreates themselves and others. They, they train, they, they share their culture, they grow people. And it's harder to have that greatness echo throughout the franchise. Yeah. Uh, the bigger you get cause you dilute that original greatness. I mean, th- those are my feelings.
1: Yeah. I would, I would, I think you're, I think you're on, onto, onto a really good idea there. Um, I would, I, would, I would entertain the idea that it also has to do with the overall culture of the company um, and the way they write their contracts. So, yeah, but
0: franchises usually the reason why people get into franchising is because they want to grow fast,
1: right? And but, that's another issue. Well, that's also that can also be an issue. Yeah. And again, that comes to culture, yeah. right? Culture is culture is is an expression of how the owner wants the company run based on how they do things, yes. right? So um, there are franchises out there where the owner is all about. Like, look, I need this to stay creative. And they'll have a lawyer or somebody saying, okay, well, it can't be completely, you have to have control. Like, the whole idea of a franchise is I can go to this again using the big examples. Right. I can get the same Big Mac here that I can get in China. Yeah. Um, I can get the same Budweiser. Well, that's not a franchise, but um, I can get the same whatever here that I can get there. There are, and again, it comes down to how the contracts are written and how much, how important control is. Uh, to the the franchisor, yeah, and that's why. And again, his his advisor, Arnold's advisor, said, "Don't do a franchise." And Arnold said, "Dude, look at this." So, as a franchisee of Barmetrics, of we have a massive amount of 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 control uh, control in how we operate our businesses. The only and I, I could
0: I the did, franchise is, element of Barmetrics is the actual system for counting the, so the, the inventory the main, yeah. and the the coaching up.
1: So, yes, yeah, so the funny thing is the coaching up is the culture. That's not there's nothing scripted about that. Oh. So that's the so that's what such so that was was getting to in Barmetrics. So, the contract is is frankly it gives us a lot of latitude. I don't want to say it's loose, but it gives, there's a lot of latitude in there
0: for creative freedom, for
1: how I'm going to market, how yeah. I'm going to sell. Cause like most of them like, this is how you market. This is... They give us stuff. They say, Hey, here's some advice, here's some things and here's, you know, whatever. Um, but if I say like right now in my business currently, um, I'm spending $0 on marketing. I have built a culture in this market, uh, where you're telling me, which by the way, very humbling that people are telling you bar metrics, bar metrics, by metrics. Yeah. That's, that's amazing to hear. Um, but I also see it, I had an email this morning uh, that was sent at 11.51 last night uh, from a guy who owns two venues in Miami, he says, hey, can we please meet as soon as possible? I wanna see what you can do for me. That was my second one this month. Um, I can't market, well, I don't wanna market right now because I'm getting these great super hot leads and there are usually people who are gonna be engaged and who want to have a relationship. And head do office. The marketing for
0: you. What's and, that? And they'll do the marketing for you.
1: Right, yeah. now many franchises, head office would say, no, no, you still have to spend two thousand a month on marketing. I don't care. Uh, bar metrics, they say, all right, that's working. Keep growing, yeah, cool. They don't. We have minimums, right? We yeah. have to hit our minimums. They have to make enough. Um, I don't have a. I don't have any uh, contractual obligations to a particular growth to a particular size outside of the minimums, yeah. um, and all that's very reasonable. So. There's a lot of there's a lot of leeway. there. Yeah. so that's why I, that's why I chose.
0: Yeah, and there's different. Let's be honest. At the end of the day, we're not all the same kind of people. There's right. different people out there. There's yeah. the entrepreneurial type who are visionaries and creative, and they're not good at doing the thing, but they're good at inspiring others to do the thing for them and surrounding themselves with people attracting onto themselves the managers and the technicians and the the talent the to execute on the thing and. And there's also, I think franchises are perfect for the manager who wants opportunity, because really I think a franchisee is a manager, because you're giving you're giving. The, the system the process handed to you and you're managing that system mm-hmm. and if you're that type of person that likes to manage a system and keep ducks in a row that's perfect for you now you as a, a manager can grow much further in a franchise model than in a, a model where you're managing a store right and mm-hmm. like you're just a general manager right. right there's more the ceilings higher for you in the franchise model because right. you can manage more right yeah. what are your thoughts um I don't I'm um, this this is just so me i should be a part door. of
1: it but Feel I would free to say at least, so I only have my experience. And yeah. again, a multi-million-dollar mentor to one of our guys said, this is unlike any franchise I've ever seen. So my perspective might be completely skewed. Yeah.
0: I think you probably have a looser type of franchise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wrote a book. He's like, cool, great. Yeah. Um, there are people who's like, you have to spend this much time in your business. Um, so for, for managing the, the, well, yeah. Cause so, so I was saying earlier, this takes me back to what we, about 10-15 minutes ago um, I knew that being an owner would be would be different and harder I didn't know what it meant um, and it is infinitely more dif- well not infinitely it's much harder much yeah. more difficult much more complex than yeah. I originally understood yeah. um, there are every single decision weighs lays, lays on your shoulders uh, so that's so between actually for your analogy between a between a manager of a franchise uh, uh, opportunity or concept and a manager, uh, a manager of a of a let's just say a bar, right? Um, the manager of the bar gets to go home at night. Uh, if they make a bad hiring decision and have to hire a new person, they do that process. Uh, if they have to fire somebody for something awful, they do that process. If you're if you're managing, if you're an owner of a franchise, and let's let's call that managing the process. Um, when I when I have to hire that new person, that's that's coming out of my pocket. Uh, and I now now I have to decide. Okay, am I going to hire that person? And now I can't focus on my growth over here. So am I going to shift that budget? Budget. How is that going to affect my business? Impact my business? Um, I have to fire somebody. Is there is there legal implications? Is there a lawsuit? Is there this and the other? Um, Right now, in my in my business, uh, we have we're we're training up another another guy to uh, do what we call account managing, which is where they interface with the clients themselves. Um, and until I get him up to a certain speed, I can't bring on but so many clients. And if Got I want right. to bring another client for more money, I have to sacrifice his training. So there's a, it's it's not as set. It's not a set. As yeah, there's think. every and you're just constantly weighing back and forth. Like, and I think this is true for ownership of even bar of, of anything do I do this or do I do that? Right. If I spend here, I can't spend here. Long story
0: short, your, your wife talks you into franchising. Long story (laughs) short. I told you I ramble.
1: Uh, And thank you for letting me. No, I let you go down that. That So my 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 wife talks me into buying a metrics franchise. She's like, you know it, you you know, you've got the framework. Um, And so we, we, you know, I come here and uh, a year later she follows and um, COVID happens. Right. Uh, That was
0: only a year in after being here.
1: No, that was three. So I came. I came here in twenty seventeen. Got it. And so twenty twenty, um, I was just about to call a big threshold for us is five thousand dollars a week. We look at everything weekly, and I can't remember exactly what that number is yearly. Um, and I was just crossing it. It's like a big threshold. It's hard to get it. Yeah. And I was hitting it, and then just, oh, <laughs> oh
0: man, it, it all it
1: all just got sucked away. Oh man. Uh, but,
0: um, it came back faster than anywhere else though.
1: Well, so That's another
0: benefit of being in the Miami market,
1: staying <laughs> as far away as possible from politics. Yeah, uh, Ron DeSantis made a decision; he will keep open businesses, and while he's, it's still they still open slowly. I think um, he made
0: the right decision. Hindsight being twenty twenty, honestly.
1: Uh, you know what? I can't disagree for my yeah. business. No, it, it it was the right decision I think for Most me people
0: and, listening to this will probably agree.
1: I, uh, you know, and I'll <laughs> tell you what the as a as as uh, as the guy I am. not getting political uh if you look if you compare california numbers to to florida numbers uh everything i've read says the infection rates death rates all uh, per capita all very similar uh and they shut everything down and we left everything open um stuff definitely could have been done better here better there whatever but in terms of economy dude my aunt florida made insane amounts of money i'm i like it changed everything for me because um, everybody around the world was coming here. Mm. So my clients, their revenue- their, their So it's revenue, a blessing
0: in disguise. Like you like, yeah.
1: Dude, their revenue at best doubled. Yeah. Like they were having record weeks, months. That's wild. Year. It was insane. Okay. Now it's going back to normal now. Um, maybe there's been a dip. It's, it's starting to come back up. Um, so it's normalizing again. But there was a two-year period where like if you remember like New York and California, they kept closing stuff for two years. Um, horror story of some people that like they just absolutely destroyed their livelihood and businesses there. Again, not kidding <laughs> about it. Um, but for me, it was, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, it worked out really, really well. And um, so, yeah, so we, so we, we went what I'm storm. With
0: you, so I think now actually is a great time. This yeah. is a good pause to yeah. take a first break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to talk about uh, like the bar metric system and how it works exactly. Cause I'm interested in that. And then, like I said, it's more than just counting. It's coaching up and we'll get into that. We'll be right back recently on the show. You've been hearing it come up often restaurant systems pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the restaurant system pro 60 day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60 day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of restaurant systems pro Will be leading a group of restaurant tours through the restaurant systems pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs ten thousand dollars a month to have Fred in your restaurant. But during this no cost to you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the restaurant systems pro process and help you crush the following goals, recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts and seats. And that's not it. P. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. We are back. And now, what I want to do is kind of talk about what what is bar metrics mm-hmm. for people who might in, who might be listening. Uh, what exactly is bar metrics? So, the, their, their interest is peaked in learning more about that. Right.
1: So, so on a fundamental level, we are an inventory control company. Uh, we work in alcohol primarily. Um, and. For the boring, the boring detail part, um, I have a group of guys. I have several teams, and they go into bars. They weigh every single bottle. They count every single bottle. Uh, they weigh every single keg. If, if it's badges, open
0: or closed, they open. That's everything. right.
1: So if it's open, it's going on a scientific scale. Right, Got it's it. calibrated every morning. Yep. Um, and and the idea there is to be exact, and I'll, I'll explain why. Uh, bottles of wine They get weighed So I'm looking over here To remind, remember what all The different liquor types are um, If there's a batch Recipe So those 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 Containers over there With the batches in them We break that like frozen down drinks is what Frozen drinks Frozen out. drinks Anything yep. so, Sometimes they're batching Cocktails Got it And we have to turn that Back into alcohol um, So that gets done a week later It gets done again So every week Every week Most of my clients are weekly um, In some markets There's more bi-weekly Than weekly But in Miami The revenues are high enough It doesn't make sense
0: So once a week People come in They count Every bottle Full and empty.
1: Correct. Full and empty. Well, not yeah. empty. Full or partial. Full Sorry, or open. Or not. Full or
0: open. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's what I meant. And we don't do the empties.
1: Got it. Uh, so, so they come back a week later to do the same thing. Um, now, at that point, there's uh, an account manager who enters in all the purchases, right? So whether it's from FinTech, something like FinTech and Electronic, or it's manually entered, uh, and will import all their sales. Uh, so their sales come in item by item by item, right? So uh, a shot of Absolute, a bottle of beer, a, a martini. Yeah. Whatever it is. And now we have every piece of information for a lot of stuff. But the main thing that we're looking at, especially at first with clients, is the variance, right? So variance is shrinkage, shortage, whatever. Um, so you do your previous week plus what came yeah. in minus the ending yeah. week, and you get depletion. Compare that to sales. Oh, you're missing a bottle of Jameson. Yeah. You're missing a keg of beer. You're missing whatever.
0: Yeah, and you're actually pointing at a bar right now. You're you're pointing this at the frozen drinks over here.
1: Tomorrow we'll be here to do this bar.
0: So this bar, I want to say thank you very much to the Citadel for letting us record here. Uh, we, uh, we didn't have a restaurant to go to, and you have so many people in your network that you reached out and they let us record here. So uh, thank you. We'll get some B-roll of the space. It's a really cool food court situation yeah. going on. Rooftop bar. Like, it's really neat here. So thank you again, the Citadel here in Miami. Was it Miami or where are we?
1: No, we're, we're still... It's. I think this is called Miami Shores, maybe. I can't remember. North little, of Miami. It's Miami. It's Miami. <laughs>
0: North Miami. Yeah. Um, thank you for letting us use your space. Very Katie's awesome. Thank you, Katie. Yeah. Uh, I just want to make sure we got that shout out. Yeah, so, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, of course. That. Keep going. I
1: appreciate that. So so once we have that information, it's what to do with it. You know. Um, so on a basic level, we're doing inventory, which can sound boring, but that's actually... for us where the exciting part starts um we're looking for patterns and trends um patterns being anything specific in a single date trends being over time uh to try and identify and help our clients understand what's happening with the data so after almost 20 years of doing this i look at a report and i see a week like i see people pouring i see people overpouring giving things away forgetting to bring things in so on and so forth whatever it is um and so I'll talk to the clients. My guys have to learn that, but they'll they get there. Yeah. Uh, and then we we, we speak with uh, generally working with management. Say okay, um, here's what we see, and more than anything, we start asking questions. Um. So part of part of a uh, big important part of what I believe we do is you know we don't we can't have hubris, right? I can't come in here saying what hubris. Oh, what's that? I can't. Uh, I can't come in here saying I know how this works. Got it. I know what your bar does. Yeah. Right. Um that level of arrogance will it
0: turns people off.
1: It, well, not only that, but you're not gonna get results. Yeah. And yes it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um you're just not gonna you're not gonna be able to help First anybody. First
0: seek to understand, then seek to be understood.
1: Love it. Seven 100%. habits of highly that should effective have been my quote at the very beginning. Yeah. Can I change <laughs> That works better <laughs> for my brand? Time, next time
0: you're on the show, you can say okay, that.
1: that'll be my steal that. Um so, yeah, so so then we go on to to start coaching the staff and so on. There's there's a lot of expectation setting at the beginning that happens with ownership and management. We have to get buy-in uh, from them. Um, and sometimes the coaching can go in any direction. We can't have an expect. We can't have an expectation. Sorry, I'm moving away. We can't have an expectation of what uh, of what we're going to run into in any yeah. given venue. Yeah. Sometimes they're doing pretty well already, and we can help incrementally. Sometimes it's a disaster, um, and and we can help a lot. But in either one of those, there can be multiple reasons as to why what's happening is yeah. happening.
0: So you're, so there's the, the data, the numbers you're looking yeah. at. And then you're saying, okay, let's get situational awareness of the the things that aren't so obvious. Because yeah. we don't want to make assumptions. We right. want to look at maybe there's something that we didn't even consider that could be influencing Right. Us. Yeah. And that's happened a couple times. Yeah.
1: And funny, by the way, you just said the data information. Um, I'm a, by the way, obviously, I'm a huge data information geek. Um, you just had somebody on, and I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um, so,
0: give me some details about the interview.
1: What you 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 were responding to him, and you said, you know, the industry, the industry is behind and always had. It's famously behind in technology, and that's something we are all painfully aware yeah. of. Um, it, it was. I say uh, that a lot. So yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> one so I was telling about the other day. Uh, the guy who has the uh, the one. It was the it was the the. Um, uh, the gamification. Oh, one huddle. One huddle. Yeah. It, was, it was that gentleman, and you guys were talking about how how far behind the industry is in tech. Yeah. yeah. Um. And we and we we are. Yeah. Uh, and when I when I first
0: Sam Cauchi.
1: Sam Cauchi. Yeah. That's right. Because I remember I met him. I was like, Oh, Sam. No, wrong. Different Sam. Um. So it's funny because I went to I went to uh, I took a. A vacation, my cousin was having a bachelor party in, in Chicago um, fortunately my type of bachelor party be bar hopped nice. and almost every party we went to had an old either an old school POS or, or it's an old, old school cash register or an older POS like I saw some green street and this is micros is out yeah. um, like all these and they were still so far and these are fancy like high end places yeah. so and even still I think we're, we're lagging behind we're a, a, a we're slow to a too. top right yeah. we're, we're well, we're suspicious. Yeah, you know? <laughs> don't come here and tell me we what we don't have a huge to budget do. to throw to take a risk. And so we also risk hurt, right? Avert, so. right. Um, which is, I think, part of why it takes for our for our model. It takes a little while to, to build yeah. that trust in the community. And once you do, it's like, oh, yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, this this type of data and information, uh, I become a favorite of accountants and CFOs. These people absolutely love me. I have several who throw me a lot of clients because um, once you see the the back the behind like the, the the final result yeah of the bottom line, it's undeniable how well this works mm. getting from I'm gonna discover your starting position to results, that's where the that's where the magic happens and frankly can be quite
0: Challenging, yeah, I bet. Just, yeah. I mean, that's just like every new client's a puzzle that you get, and that must be fun to try to figure out that puzzle. I can see <laughs> that being fun, I'd like that. Um, yeah. so on average, when you find a new client, like what, how many points are you adding to their bottom line? So,
1: I, I would say the average now, I'm gonna just talk about the liquor cost because that's the, that's our main our main area where we can see. Well, we, we have haven't we even gotten, gotten to of the little
0: point little of that, that you first you're identifying, yeah you're going in and you're trying to find the problem, yep. right? You're listening, you're understanding, you're looking at the data mm-hmm. and then you, you figure that out and then there's the coaching up part, which, right? Which was really what is affecting the bottom line. Yeah.
1: yeah. So to answer your first question um, it's around, it's, it's, I would say between anywhere from three to five, somewhere in there for, for a cost for the liquor, for the liquor cost. Yeah. Um, overall cost of goods depends on what their blend is. Yeah. Completely depends on what their blend is. And by the way, it's funny you say problem, and, and I and I thought the exact same way for a very very long time. I just started with a brand new client. And I can't say. I who, said what problem? You said yeah. You're you're what you haven't figured out what the problem okay, is. Which is that's my mindset. Yeah. right? because that's what I do. Right. I just recently engaged with with a with a client, and as we sat down at the beginning, and I said because we've known each other for a long time, they're like, yeah, we finally brought you in here, and I work with some of their sister venues. I said, well, yeah. What was the what was the delay? I said, well, we're already making twenty percent profit.
0: Already, like, All why, right. why I go above that? What's the right. problem making more money? That doesn't
1: make any and sense. it. Mean, that's a phenomenal, that's a great <laughs> number. And um, and they were pushing it towards like 25. They said, you know, we finally thought, you know what? We could probably do better. Let's yeah. bring Dave in here. And so,
0: that's what it's even worse when people, I think the industry standard for the longest time was 10%. Profit, and, yeah. That's well, so many people is. are like, I'm doing 10%, I'm doing great. And it's just like, are you like, like, and, and, like, right. why is we, as a, an industry, why have we settled for 10%? And, like, yep. you know what I'm saying? And I, I think that's part of the issue. Is it's just mindset.
1: That's a fantastic uh, yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, I have that conversation a lot. Um, because that is, it's still, to this day, that's the, that's the average. Yeah. I have some clients a little below, some clients a little bit above. Our goal is to push that number to at least 15, if not 20. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff we can tweak. Depends on.
0: And that's just in the bar program. Correct. Yeah.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, and it depends on their, their location. Wait, so twenty percent
0: overall? Overall, yeah, yeah. But I'm not saying that you're just increasing ten percent. Uh, we're not saying limited to the bar program. We're saying it collectively. The rest, Col- of, yeah, collectively. The, collective, the, the Their bottom line
1: from yeah. from ten to fifteen, maybe twenty. Again, depends on the product mix where yeah. we're starting. There's other stuff we can do, and we sometimes coach um, each franchisee. Has their their different areas of expertise. Yeah. That's part of which bar metrics is not uh, not like super controlled. If you if you read the bar shift, you can see that my, my co-author Dave Nitzel and I, um, we have ex- we have a lot of expertise in leadership in 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 numbers and in the data side. I can look at labor costs of people. I can do other stuff. I do that project by project. It's not as common. Um, mostly working with the the liquor inventory control side. Like that's our bread and butter. Got it. Um, So, but with that again, I. Just I can throw out examples, but there's a client I have in, in Little uh, little Havana. Uh, it's rare that this happens, but his accountant actually caught the increase uh, because of the time of year, um, how the other sales were going, so their food sales were going down. We solved a... Ma- well, no, we did not solve. We identified a massive shortage in one of the restaurants, like one of the biggest I've ever seen. Um, shortage of what? Uh, alcohol. They were yeah. they were short uh, a ton of ton of alcohol. I can't say too much because if I give too many clues, yeah. not cool. Heard uh, confidentiality is important. Yes. So um, it was it was a forty percent loss, which is very very yes. double the average. The average is twenty, and uh, instantly identified it. It was and it usually is by the way, it's 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 odd, but it's not usually a theft issue, and it wasn't there it was a massive training problem we literally marched they got up
0: is it, it wouldn't be over pouring <laughs> no, no way dude. so so it's we're me
1: me and these two owners uh, and uh, uh, one them is like no no just no we're going there now so we stand up because we we're at their second venue stand yeah. up and they're going to know when hearing the story March down the street and uh, he goes to the party says pour me this and again I can't tell you what he had him pour he said pour, make me one right now and he takes yeah. his phone and i videos it yeah. the dude pours like damn your three ounces <laughs> in a one and a half ounce glass he's like what are you doing <laughs> yeah. and he does it for the owner so not the kid's fault they retrained yeah. the entire staff they did like a one day don't do it do, do, do. next week they were down to like i think it was like eight percent wow and that's loss That's not cost of goods which a lot of people get you know mixed up in that's so 40 percent loss 100 drinks on your bar 40 percent. 40 of those 100 are
0: gone what about intentional overpouring
1: does happen <laughs> it does oh of course it happens i mean come on it's our industry right uh they're going to give me a bigger tip yeah. uh she's cute oh they'll he's they'll come cute. back right they'll come back it's my gotta, friend but that's my, stealing sorry that's, hey i yeah i don't differentiate for yeah. for any of those um cuz it's it's not your alcohol to overpour it's coming out you- of
0: the owner's pocket to increase it. theoretically if your rationality is they'll tip me more right. you're basically saying i'm going to take care of you i'm going to steal to make you better off, and you're going to reciprocate, right? You're stealing, and that's what a cop checks for. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. So, so they're so seeing that their 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 beverage sales jumped. They're their, and as the time of year was, their food sales were dropping, and their beverage sales only jumped because people were drinking more because they weren't getting a five ounce pour; they were getting a one and a half now, and there was almost no pushback, which is crazy because mm-hmm. the well, the drink tasted like just booze. Mm. Um, but anyway, so they they added four hundred like, and that was their slower time of the year. They added four hundred thousand right there, just extrapolating out minimum four hundred thousand to their profit. Wow! In that in that one catch. Wow! Um, I'll never lose them. <laughs> How many locations? <laughs> huh? They have two. You can, okay? As so I say you can yeah. tell us that right Yeah, 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 no, that's no problem. Um, and, and frankly, the funny thing is, like, there, were, there was there's a there's a lot of intense work at the beginning. Um, and over, I'd say over the last, I mean, it's been a couple of years now. Um, like. Their team and our team, we've built very fond of each other now. Like we've we've created a great relationship around it, and uh, and that's the frankly that's one of the reasons why I love doing this because yeah. then you get that reciprocal love from everybody. Because we're not just doing this for the owners. The owners make more money. The managers make more money. The bartenders make more money the backs make more more money and they sort of identify they understand what we're trying to do when they start seeing that
0: happen so when you start getting in you, you go in you count all the full bottles all the open bottles you do i can't remember the specific use word you use for batches batches um uh, you go in you get the data you you know then you start asking questions you start collecting more i don't know what kind so what kind of data would the numbers be there's a certain term for it i can't remember what it's called uh, versus the more like open-ended, like asking questions, getting the less obvious stuff.
1: What objective Is, versus subjective?
0: Yes, I think that. Yeah, I think that's right. right. Yeah.
1: So it's it, we can just easily say it's hard data. Yeah. Um, and that's a big part of what we do. Uh, and that's it's part of the reason why this works. We cut out any drama in the conversation. Got
0: it. Is there any other part of the process that we haven't touched that that makes sense about going over before we start getting into like like the five key elements that you you go into coach up.
1: Uh, I don't think so okay. I mean there's there's transfers people lend stuff bars, whatever there's all that stuff that just gets recorded as so the output so software
0: is there like a like if I'm a if I'm a client right do I go to like a website and log in do I see all that data does it integrate with POS get into like the technology side I think mm-hmm. so there's things that we haven't touched though please okay
1: um Unfortunately, not today. Uh, we're working on a website for people to log in. Okay, right now they get a they get a PDF. No, we can't.
0: We can talk about it today. We just can't. Yeah, have yeah. It today. No, we're working on okay,
1: it. It's gotcha. head office is working in that direction. Um, we have we use uh, Microsoft Power BI to to do uh, trended information. Um, we do uh, we have our static reports or PDF. We give that to them, of course. Um, I would. I can't wait for the day that we have the the portal log into in terms of integration with the point of sale systems. We're pulling flat files and importing them in a um, little bit. little. I was bit just curious. I wasn't sure yeah. if there's, I
0: didn't want to yeah. sell you short as far as getting no, 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 no. It. So, I mean,
1: as it is, it works. Yeah. I would love that because I think a lot of my clients would love that access. Yeah. And sometimes they have to ask me for something that they could just grab, yeah.
0: but it still works. Do you have any other wild stories? Like just little things like the what will happen if you just over report and not training well.
1: Wait, wait, so wait. Wild story or overpointing and not training? Well? Just another
0: example of <laughs> what happens, what you've been able to, like, unearth, you know, yeah. through going in and looking at the data, yeah. the, the mistakes people make. Mm-hmm. And just, is there a story behind that? Like, a wild story of, like. Uh, like I got
1: a couple. So, uh, we had. It could, it could be anything, man. So, we had uh, an owner, a uh, lovely man who's a dear friend at the time. Um, and he got into a car accident and he was out of the business for two months. Um, and. Uh, I'm sending his team saying, "Hey, your comps are jumping. This is jumping. That your losses, are but your comps are going through the roof. What's going on? What's going on?" And uh, and I didn't know he was he was in the car accident, right? So because uh, the team wasn't telling me, uh, and I found out why later. Um, and as he comes back, he sees these emails from me. He goes, Dave, can you you know help me with this? And we figured out uh, that his team, inside of a month. Uh, his usual comps were like about five grand a month. It was like $60,000. Jesus Christ. And through, because we're constantly looking at the back end data. 12
0: times the average.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, he went through, he figured it out. We had a very intense meeting. He was He's crying. Like he's like really upset because he explains to me, uh, you know, I saw what you said and then I looked at my POS and I worked with me a little bit. And he says, then I had to go staff member by staff member figure out who it was. And I got to the last kid. It's the one guy, he's been over to my house for dinner. He knows my family. The only person that I didn't suspect. And five minutes in the conversation, instantly his face flushes. I knew it was him. Into- he's completely But He looked over a manager's shoulder while they were typing in their code, got the code, started small, crept up, 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 up. Yeah. The same the same operator when we first started uh, had a young lady who would uh, because her point of sale was not set up correctly, which is one of the five things, um, she would ring in a shot of Patron and it would go to the bar. The chit would come up, the, the ticket. Yeah. And uh, there was no differentiation in their system between bottle or shot. And they would give her a shot. She'd, no, no, that was a bottle. When she figured out she had a, a, a cash paying table, she would take that bottle to the table, say it's $250 or whatever, and she'd take the cash and then she'd pay for the shot in the check. Mm. So stuff like that. Like there are some big things we've we found. Um, success stories, what, my favorite one I'd like to share. It's not like a crazy story, but to, to me it's it's a, Brilliant story. Uh, a gentleman who he had a bar. This was in this wasn't Baltimore. This is the Eastern Shore. It was one one of a few clients we had out there. in Baltimore. For the, I the record, I think much. these
0: stories are very valuable because Thank it you. shows people like what you got to be aware of and yeah. how how implementing a tool like this might seem like. A, an expensive investment, but what? How many times over does it pay for? It, Ten so? times average, yeah. And by the way,
1: I, I'm talking Miami, big numbers. I did this in Baltimore, I did this in D.C. We do this in Miami Baton Miami is a
0: unique market. I it mean. is a unique <laughs> market, man.
1: Well, we do it in Baton Rouge, yeah. Louisiana. Yeah, um, we've got average liquor sales like I think it's like uh, what did you tell me last night? 70000 dollars a week. So they have a lot more biweekly. Yeah, but similar like these for them, the money they're making is it's very significant. Mm-hmm. So it's not something. And I'm by the way, bar metrics isn't everywhere. So Whatever city you're in, I'm going to say this as an advocate for this process, um, and I'm going to actually step back for you. This is something I think when you're asking, what have I missed? This is I've missed a fundamental here. Um, who's the right person to count the product in the business? And there's two There's two unique groups, right? There's the people who work there, and there's a third-party process. There's all sorts of ways you can do it, but those are the two groups. Right. And I'm a strong advocate, having been the guy doing it, which I hated. Yeah, I would start and now... Patrick, <laughs> uh, don't hate me for saying this. Patrick wanted me to start at two in the morning. I was like, hell no. Yeah. I've I've been working since five o'clock. <laughs> I'll start at ten. He's like, but the restaurants open. I was like, pick one. Uh, we had a fun little conversation, and so, but I would start at ten, but I still wouldn't finish until four or five in the morning, and I didn't know if the numbers were right or wrong. You're tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm like, if I they are sleep. wrong,
0: do you really want to write yourself out now? Wrong
1: or right? Yeah, I'm not going to present numbers if they're get me fired. Right. Now, I have a mathematics-physics background. I put all my data into a spreadsheet one day, and I told Patrick this, and I said, if I change each one of these by 0.5, which is reasonable, look at any one of these bottles and tell me the difference between uh, yeah. 0.45 it's and centimeter. 0.4. Yeah. Uh, and you're in my... We've done all these really fun experiments. So if I change every one by 0.5, your cost of goods drops by anywhere from 2 to 4 points, depending on how many bottles are open. Yeah. I can go from, good job, Dave, to... Dude, you fix this or you don't have a job, right? So what am I going
0: to turn in? The one that keeps, keeps your. Job. I'm not stupid.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I
0: don't like getting yelled at. Yeah, and my I I have, and you're late. At the end of the day, like, do you really want to like try to? If you find a discrepancy, do you really want to do it over? Oh, no, you're gonna. Know. You you. Uh, you're, we're human. It's, we're vulnerable. It's four in the
1: morning. Yeah, I'm I'll exhausted. just do it this
0: one time. But that that's death by a thousand cuts.
1: And you'd be like, "Is this right?" I, I told him. straight. So now me I. My, my ethical value system is is like, you got to do the right thing. You don't lie. To it. So I told him, I said, I can change your numbers. I didn't, I said, I can change your numbers. Watch. Yeah. Um, and I said, you tell me the difference. And I said, I, he would ask me, are these right? I have no idea. How would I know? Can't change weight. Can't change weight. Yeah. So the end of our process for our metrics, because once you count the first time, we have the best guys in the world uh, who actually enjoy counting stuff. Weirdos. And at the end, I know we are bizarre. I find <laughs> them. And uh, at the end of it, there are mistakes every time. The perfect audit is rare. We've had it. So we have a double check process. So we go through and say, hey, you're missing a bottle of Jameson, a case of this kit. And we go look in every look. Okay, one, two, three, five. This is four. That's four and three. Oh, crap. That's actually four. You don't have that when somebody's counting for you. Um, so there's, there's an expertise to this. This is way harder than it looks. Um, our average counter takes anywhere from. Uh, it takes about a week to two just to train up on basics to get really good, efficient, and making very few mistakes. Takes anywhere the best, actually, two weeks or so. Uh, those are guys who just like coach really well, but the average is like probably about a month or two. And we're dealing with like, okay, this guy made five mistakes today. We got to find them all. Um, so you're you're asking a group of people or a person, depending on your bar, who. Have no invest no vested interest to tell you the numbers are bad. They have a vested interest to say, "Here's my my wonderful report card." Um, who are probably exhausted, or on their day off. They're saying, "Hey, you don't get a day." Like I've had that conversation with the owners. Like, "Oh, well, he comes in on the day that he's. I'm not paying him." I said, "Do you really think he wants to keep working here with this?" I don't, I don't think so. Um, and who are or either that or they're exhausted. And this isn't what they do for a living, right? If you're a bartender. Your job is to – and as far as I'm concerned as a bartender, my job is to wow my guests, right, create repeat customers, number one. I want to make sure this this person is having an amazing time. And uh, secondly, maybe it's make amazing cocktails, amazing drinks, depending on your bar. Maybe it's slinging beer as fast as I can. Whatever our thing is, whatever our theme behind the bar is, pour the best draft perfectly every time, recommend the greatest beer, whatever. Mm-hmm. My job ain't counting stuff. Um, so you've got that guy or gal. And then you have bar metrics. a bunch of nerds who like to count stuff. Yeah, yep. Find a cathartic guy to get this morning. Um, he's happy. Right. Neutral now. party. Neutral party. Yeah. Only vested. What's my vested interest?
0: Uh, you're getting you your ROI.
1: That is my my result. But and a day to day, if I give you my report, what's Ooh, the most important thing? That, who's my mate, David Domsall, okay, BarMetrics. Got it. If I'm handing you a bar owner a report, yep. what's the most important thing about it? Not looking at any of the numbers. You have no idea what's in there yet. What's, what what are you're you showing loss? Uh, nope. That's another good guess. Uh, These are, by the way, I, I've had this conversation so many times with the owners sitting across the table. This is, this, is, this is every time.
0: Your job is so, I mean, I don't know. If it's not that, then.
1: That's awesome. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Accuracy.
0: Okay. I better make sure those numbers are as close to perfect
1: as possible. Got it. I have now handed you a report card. That you're probably going to hand to your bar manager. And if I'm the bar manager and it doesn't look good, I'm going to check stuff. So I want to make sure as, as, as bar metrics guy, those numbers are as close to perfect as possible. Now, we aren't perfect. We are human beings. We make mistakes. And when we do, we fix them like that. Yeah. But the average audit is going to so
0: be... The accuracy of the poor.
1: Accuracy of the count. Okay. Okay. Of the of the data' I'm, oh, you, I'm of giving the data. You, so you cause, right.
0: okay because you're paying because they they're already doing it but you're doing it to the point where your goal is to be as accurate as possible to reflect right. the true take, nature of the of the loss and the profit, the potential right. profit and all that stuff.
1: take the drama out of the conversation yeah. so we go back to I could shift the numbers by changing point 0.5 it, to 0.0 oh, can't have that conversation anymore this yeah. is exact they have mm. calibrated scales we'll even invite managers to come along with us say hey man call me out tell me what you think is wrong Cause I want just not out of, not out of like some, uh, uh, sorry for the listeners. I just, you know, did a gorilla thing. There's video. If you have not, <laughs> you have
0: not subscribed to our YouTube channel, head over to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable. Thank you in advance. Then you can see his gorilla posture. <laughs>
1: there you go. Uh, I'm sure it was majestic. Uh, but because we want to make, we want to make the conversation easy and drama free. Yeah. Um, so, So yeah, so that's the that's the missing piece I think. Sorry, that's the missing piece I think of. uh, You were asking before of of the process. Yeah, um, so we've got the the process out.
0: I just want to make sure there is no element of the process that we haven't cut. Think so. One more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to talk about coaching up the five most common lessons you share when coaching up to get people once they've identified where they're at, how to get to that 20% profit. This episode is brought to you by Pop Menu. Are you looking to grow your restaurants in 2023? Are you and your team focusing on driving more revenue? Or maybe you're interested in connecting more with your diners. Perhaps you want to increase your sales without physically expanding your brick and mortar. If any of these things sound familiar, then maybe you're looking for Pop Menu. Pop Menu. Pop menu is the restaurant technology designed to make growing your restaurants easy with pop menu. You can attract more guests to your website. That's designed to easily collect their contact info and data. So you can see what your guests love and why they love to dine with you with pop menu. You can stay top of mind and build authentic relationships with guests by using a modern technology that drives new and repeat business. And with pop menu, make all your systems work better together, improve your margins and conquer the chaos of your restaurant's digital presence, pop menu technology for restaurants that are ready to grow for a limited time. My listeners can get $100 off their first month plus lock in one Unchanging monthly rates at popmenu.com slash unstoppable. Go now to get $100 off your first month and to learn more about Pop Menu's entire collection of tools at com backslash unstoppable. We are back and now. This is I mean, this is what I've been most excited for. And yeah. the conversation is like, what are the five most common ways you coach people? Once you've gotten the accuracy mm-hmm. right, and you right. let people know exactly, you know, what the the shrinkage is, where like what the loss is. How do you how do you coach people up? What are the five most impactful ways to coach people up to that point where their shrinkage is as low as possible?
1: Awesome, awesome question. And and uh, I, they're, they're, I think they're about five core. I apologize if I go over five. Um, starting starting from the human element, I would say, uh, is I think is a good place to start. So the first the first core piece is that the average human being. and You can look at there's there's studies the Constitute, Institute I think it's called a uh, Gallup uh, they do these studies on would somebody steal and all that stuff really complex interesting whatever but if you if you just dumb it down it follows eighty twenty right everything follows eighty yeah. twenty um, the average the average person uh doesn't come to work uh, With the mindset of I can't wait to rip off This guy I work for Who I know really well I'm going to take his stuff And I'm going to go home okay. And build my bar
0: Yeah, I agree with that statement It's funny that you said that The 80-20 rule I think is such a <laughs> universal number That shows up all over the place Yeah And I think 100% I would say 80% of people Are amazing people Who want to do good Yep The bad eggs 20% And then I think Really the bad bad eggs are probably closer to like five percent.
1: So, so if you look at the real study, it's yeah. like so. It's something like, like it's like twelve they start to percent swing bad. At the 20. It's like twenty. It's twelve like twelve or something percent bad. There's good, a gray area. Good, good, good is like thirty, and then everything in between is they're going to follow the pack. Yes, that's the that's the real study, and it, it's fascinating. But we dumb it down. Um, eighty to
0: twenty is really just is, is that's it, the sweet spot. That's the right. endurance. That's optimal. When right. eighty, I think it's good to have twenty percent of people that are. Challenging because it forces you to get better. Yeah, you know twenty <laughs> percent of the people five percent are gonna fuck that shit up Yeah, but that's gonna help well, I mean, you I find the cuss. holes <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, cuss. no. Yeah, I, I'm horrible. Sorry, but like, it's like <laughs> it's that one to five percent of people who are just fucking demons Yeah, uh, who are there to like literally try to crack your nut like try to so figure out how they can get in here's the But they're thing. gonna show you where the holes are
1: right here's the and funny that's why thing. it's optimal, right? But I, I we have found and we've caught some yeah, but it's rare. It's rare the vast majority of mm-hmm. Of the people working in the bars we work with need uh, need proper training. So training in our industry is garbage. Mm-hmm. It just is. Even if you got trained somewhere really well, let's say you're working down the street. Uh, their martini is a three-ounce pour. You go to this next place uh, it's of, of your base. The next place, it's a two-and-a-half-ounce pour, but they don't tell you. They say, oh, you know how to make a martini. You work down there? Or you must, Yeah, you already know how to do this stuff, right? Yeah, great. We have different recipes. We have different base pour sizes. Um, the, the most common is one and a half ounce, one and a half ounce poor. There are, we have clients that do two ounces, uh, 1.75, one and a quarter, uh, sorry, one and three quarter, and we also have one and a quarter much more rare. Um, some markets it's it's more common, but I work over there, it's two ounce, I come here, it's an ounce and a half, and now I'm accidentally giving away, what is that, uh, an extra 33%. My math's probably wrong on that.
0: <laughs> Your math's probably better than mine. <laughs> I know, I do math you're, in my head horribly, you're a I mean, on paper. <laughs> uh, yeah, 1.5, um, so so that's that's one piece. Um real quick. So I can for the moderating purposes. Uh-huh. We're, we're talking about the first like one thing, right? This, the first
1: one thing is that What's the, the title of the first one thing? The first three. one thing. Um the majority the majority of issues uh are down to honest human
0: Mistakes? Or honest
1: or? human mistakes or the honest human element. Because there's okay. two pieces. One is the training piece. Got it. Nobody ever taught me how to do that. They let me free pour. I don't know. The only way you have the right to free pour is if you practice every day for at least a half an hour, and you've already practiced for hours before that. Um, we have a separate software package that can like measure how accurate people are. The number of 99% accuracy people I've found, uh, after I've personally done about 600 of those, and in bar metrics, it's thousands. Right. I found three.
0: So for the sake of our YouTube short that we create from this episode, the number one thing... If we're going through this list, not the you one. don't have thieves. Number one, like the, the honest human element is the biggest issue because of poor training,
1: poor training. And the and number one piece of the human element is this. Um, have you ever, have you ever been in a bar and bartender comes up, takes your order, takes their order, takes their order and yeah. they start making stuff and yeah. then eventually they get back to the point of sale. Horrible. The human brain is a God awful, uh, device for memory. Our memory is bad,
0: especially mine.
1: Why uh, <laughs> uh, you so me both, have his laptops buddy. in front
0: of me? So I can yeah, yeah.
1: We have it. We have a client in Virginia, uh, and uh, huge, beautiful sports bar. They got like four levels. I know it's three levels, and each bar had four bartenders. And on game day, they're they're ranking, They're cranking through. Um, when we first went there, they were losing three hundred thirty six beers a week. And I went to the owner thinking I'm going to have an argument on my hands. I'm about to convince him and help him understand. And I said it, and he goes, "Oh, I know why." I said, "Well, tell me why." He said, "Well." I've got this many bartenders and if each one forgets to ring in five drinks and I've watched him do it, then I need to do the math. So then he goes and he tells me this later. He goes to each bartender and says, Hey man, we're losing this much. Hey gal, we're losing this much. And each one was like, no way. There's no way bar metrics is wrong. He says, well, let's do the math together. Do you think you could forget to ring in five beers? Oh yeah, I could. Two weeks later, 36 bottles. They, they didn't understand that that the way they were doing it was creating this huge, and that's the most common thing. It's again honest human element, not theft. Um, so they didn't understand that. You mean to say
0: we're not perfect? Uh, I'm so sorry,
1: <laughs> especially not me. Right. Um, so we call it ring it and bring it. You, you, you ring it in, you, you get the order. You ring it in, you bring the you bring the order. Yeah, it's in my one in my time. opinion, it's the only. It's one of the few things. Like a lot of creativity, great. I love all that. You can't break that rule. No, if, if you want, if you want to have. If you want to make your losses as close to perfect as possible, which is 2 to 5%. Well, my, now the question is,
0: is my ability to do more volume there if I take multiple orders? And is my overall volume going to outweigh the shrinkage? That's the question. That's the argument. That's almost a trick question. You don't even know it.
1: So that person gets the three orders, right? And now they go back to the point of sale. Yeah. God forbid it's on the other side of the bar and not facing the customers. Their back is turned. To it you should as be in they, their
0: hand. Well, maybe not for.
1: <laughs> um, it, well, the various. It should be at the bar so they can still yeah, see. Yeah. Uh, which a lot of times it's not. That's a whole other conversation. Um, and now I have to sit here and remember, remember. So instead of hey what you want man oh yeah great yeah all right I'm gonna get it for you Did it, what you want yeah okay uh, what's up yep making it giving it to you now I have to sit here and go oh, see those two beers three beers crap. And you're starting to think, and now you're, I think they ordered three beers, but it might have been two. I'm putting in two because I'm not going to piss off this guy who's paying my bills. Yep. Um, and, I'm, and I'm wasting all this time trying to remember what those orders are. Watch it. Next time you're at a bar, yep. watch a bartender do that, and you'll see how much time they blow standing there. Sometimes there's two of them like, do you know, what? did you get that? Guy? If they yep. just rang it, that time, that loss goes away. Yep. It's actually a huge time suck as well. So when you do ring and bring it, the efficiency goes way up, and now the amount of orders we can process goes up as well. Got it. Best bars will do that. You will watch. We're watch still the best number bars.
0: one for the record, right? Yes. Okay. So and we need to move on. <laughs> so the honest human element yeah. is uh, is the biggest issue. I would call it number one, yeah. and that's um, training and poor memory, and is, those are the two. Yeah. So so basically, the solution is better training. Yeah. Make sure your specifically staff knows what they're specifically on to pour. pouring, how pouring, pouring, pouring
1: in your cocktails. Yeah. At the very least. Yep. And then make sure that they're not trying to remember multiple orders. Because And are best practice
0: gonna... around how to actually serve the guests as yeah. far as the process. hundred percent. Got it. Anything else worth dropping out before we move to number two? Yeah. No, I think that's it. Okay, cool. So uh, number two the on, on coaching up, the best way, what should we call this? The best way to coach up to 10, 20% well, like for, to make it catchy. What makes sense? Uh,
1: let me think on that. I'll get back to you. Okay. I'll get well, back to well. you on that. Um, <laughs> that's before the end of the recording. Uh, got gotcha. I gotcha. So the second one um is that you can't you can't ignore your your point you can't set it and forget it's what we say i say don't set it and forget it that's actually in the bar shift um
0: so number two don't set don't it set
1: and it and forget it. it and in particular that's with the point of sale um uh, many point of sale systems what do you mean
0: set it and forget it set right it and right forget
1: now. like uh okay so opening day yeah i program my point of sale i walk away and i never look at the back end again okay or rarely. I don't have a process built in to say, is this working correctly? Got it. I don't have a process for feedback from the staff Got to it. say, is this working correctly? When you say this, what do you mean this? The point of sale. So um, your point of sale, your POS, uh, is a communication tool in yes. many, many ways. It's Yes, it's a data capture tool, but it's yes. also for communication. Got it. Um, so if, especially once you get a company like ours in, it's even more so. But if I give somebody, if somebody says, hey, give me a, uh, give me a Macallan 18, and that, that check shows up and it says McAllen. Is the price right? Did he get the right thing? I don't know. Uh, Is the McAllen 18 the 15 to 12? Uh, you got them all. Um, also allows the staff to ring and whatever, any generic figures in there. Um, if it says McAllen 18, they clearly know what they got. And uh, there's no confusion about what was supposed to be poured, what was poured, and so on. Again, especially with a company like ours. Um, so making sure that the whole thing is set up correctly. You're not missing any keys. So they'll get a new product. It's not in the POS. So the staff has to pick something. So you're having a frontline staff member who has no idea what you paid for this bottle saying, well, I think this is like, you know, this one here is like Picardi. I'm trying not to make favorites on any particular supplier. Um, I think this product's like Picardi. Uh, it's about the same price, I think. So they're just picking that and maybe it should be a dollar or two more, which over the course of time adds up to massive amounts of revenue. Um, and and then the pricing, making sure that you're pricing. so hey, originally we set this at uh, twelve dollars, not paying attention to the fact that this bottle has doubled on price, price since then. Yeah, we need to adjust that price.
0: So what are, how do you What's what's your advice for not setting and forgetting? like what's a routine? What's a way to check yourself and go back to make sure it's time to make the shirt like, like is it working into like what does that process look like? Is it a trigger? Like how do we make this a habit to not forget it?
1: So there's there's a couple things. Um, one is you got to put it into some sort of systematic review. Yeah. So is it once it twice a year, three times a year, so on and so forth. So if you're going to do it on your own,
0: immediately what went to my mind is when I think a lot of times restaurants or businesses in general they get in trouble because they have the systems the systems to do the thing. So like the restaurant industry, you have the systems to. You take an order to the, to cook the food, to deliver the food, systems, operations, procedures. But there's no systems around the the base, like the music just popped Can we on. we just
1: get a soundtrack? Yeah, the music <laughs>
0: just popped on. We are at a restaurant. That's what that's going on in the background. So, okay, back. So what right. I was saying is so that, we have our main systems, right? right? Yep. But we never have a foundation of systems for communication and meetings yep. and follow-up. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm pitching EOS so hard right now, uh-huh. like the entrepreneurial operating system. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm not. But it's just basically... really. At its core, it's a language and it's a, a set of ways to hold each other accountable, to set goals, to follow up with those goals, and mm-hmm. to be constantly working towards your wherever you're trying to go. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, it's weekly meetings, it's annual meetings, yeah. it's, it's quarterly meetings, it's annual meetings, and it holds you accountable to communicate and to. Um, Basically, never set it and forget it is where I'm Dude, Yeah, that
1: course. that stuff's critical, and and this in this industry, it's really easy to get lost in the day to day. Yeah, right. I've got I've got to get open today. Uh, I've got a party coming next Friday. I've got Valentine's Day coming up. Like we get lost in in the basic operations and don't have that review. So that's yeah. the number one thing is there uh, having a communication system for the staff to communicate with managers. Hey, I don't have this key in the system. Yeah. Um, easy, simple. Print, print out a little piece of identify issues write it down.
0: Put it on a list. And follow up until and don't cross it off only once it's been fixed. Don't forget it. Right. Yeah. Number three. What's the third thing?
1: Number three. Um, it comes. So this one. This one goes to the management side of uh, of, of the conversation. Um, understanding what management really is, what managing people is, yeah. the difference between managing managing and coaching. Uh, as again, the, the gentleman uh, was talking about in the last uh, that other podcast you had. Um, and treating treating your team as a group of individuals or, or people uh, who are trying to do their best and need the support to be coached up to get this stuff right, and they're only they're only human. Um, and it takes it takes time, uh, repetition, um, and I would say understanding of any given person's learning mechanisms and processes uh, to be able to, to execute change in the business. So that there there are times when I have to coach managers to coach their team they'll say oh I already said that I keep saying that okay well they're obviously not listening have you asked them why they're not doing this what's the real reason behind it oh okay they do that and say oh well turns out they weren't uh, washing the glasses because the dishwasher keeps leaking down and you know this whatever um, and not not assuming that they're not doing it because they're lazy or stupid or whatever um, but actually engaging with them as, as people who care and, yeah. and want to work in the business and it's yeah. that that's simple really.
0: so, so number three is the difference between managing and coaching yeah, uh, well... How, or what words you put?
1: I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's... I would say more so it's um, managing, managing to the human element rather than making an assumption that...
0: Not managing to the human element.
1: Well, there's a tendency in a lot of managers that I've worked with to treat the staff as a cog in a machine um, and assume... That when they're not changing things, when they're not doing the, the new the new processes that we know will help the business, that they're doing it out of uh, out of ignorance, um, out of uh, a desire to, to that they don't want they just don't want laziness um, or any any sort of negative quality. Uh, And and actually working with them to see, like, well, maybe they're just not getting the message because they don't understand. They don't understand. Hasn't become habit yet. Hasn't become habit yet. Needs to be repeated more. There's something else in their way. Yeah. Um. Old habits taking over. Old habits taking over. All these things. Yeah. Um. It takes time. All this. I guess is a better way to put it. Everything we do in our in our business is a process. Right. It takes time to enact change. A few clients, it's like that. The one client I told you about earlier, it was like a switch. Yeah. Um. The average client, we're talking. Sometimes months, yep, um, to make that change, and the and the for the managers, they have to be, they have to be patient and vigilant with the team, and they have to treat them with respect and humanity, rather than saying, Just "Do this, get this right," barking orders, whatever. And it's unfortunately, I found in our industry, I find a lot of that management style. Yep. It's not a hundred percent clearly. I have plenty of clients; their managers are incredible. Yeah, but that does that. It's a, it's more common than than uh than I would hope to see. Yeah, and getting out of that. Is, got it. Is a, does that make You got it? Got it.
0: Okay, so what I have number one, the honest human element. Number two, don't set it and forget it. Number three, don't correct the person. Correct the process, essentially, is what we got from that. And number four, what's number four?
1: So number four is is to not ignore the supply chain element of the process, right? Yeah. So it's easy to look at, oh, I, I have stuff here. I'm receiving stuff. I'm storing stuff and say, oh, well, that's just that just is. It just is yeah. part of my business. It it's, has nothing to do with my losses or how things are happening on the front end. Uh, but it has a huge impact on it, um, and there's three main three main parts of that, right? Yeah. So there's there's how we're ordering th- order, how we are ordering and receiving things, um, and it's shocking to me how many people do not have a an ordering and receiving process. Uh, best practice: create a, a a purchase order or a PO. So have a piece of paper that says this is what's supposed to arrive, and then have somebody check it when it gets there. Got it. Like anything, really basic
0: stuff. Anything else worth on packaging there before we move on to number five?
1: Uh well the other two pieces um have the right amount of stuff on, on hand. Got it. The uh the amount of clients we have that are overstocked is or when we yes. start is, is ridiculous. We're talking when Cash let's on just on say shells. let's just say when COVID hit, the number of people I had who had like a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff cool. they really wish was in the bank that they didn't need yeah. for I needed to get a case deal or I thought I'd this, that I didn't want to run out or whatever. Yep. Desperate to have and we work with our clients, they would look like maximum two weeks worth of stuff on got hands. it got it um and, and then the, the third f- one is the organization of it in that in that conversation and supply chain how things are organized is a lot more important than people might think give me an
0: example of why
1: uh first off if things are organized the, uh in one particular way in the same way the staff can get to it really quickly when they need to restock somebody somebody sitting in the bar says hey i'd like to have uh x and x is out and they have to go back and spend 30 minutes trying to find it they know it's there somewhere yeah now that got the person's waiting um Product at risk is product at risk. So if you have way too much and it's not organized well, very easy for it to get broken or get stolen. Mm -hmm. If there's 80 bottles of, of things sitting here and it's just in a mess, nobody's going to notice if I take one. So when we do have it, cause they're, what's that? It's (laughs) me. Everything has its
0: place organization. That's right. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's that process. That's, that encapsulates uh, you know, that, that, that concept, I think.
0: Okay. So we got one, the honest human element. Two, don't set it Forget it. Three, don't correct the person. Correct the process. Four, don't ignore the supply chain management process or the whole element of supply chain management. And what's number five? So number
1: five, um, and this goes back to something we talked earlier, and it's not... To be clear, it's going to sound like a plug. It's not. Yeah. Um, have the right person in the right job. Yeah. Now, that's true for everything in yeah. our business, Right bartender needs to be somebody who can create a relationship manager needs to be somebody who can manage people manage process and so on the right person to manage your inventory program on this side of it is an outsourced third-party company got it you can have your people do it on a piece of paper or a spreadsheet you can have your people do it with an app there's all these different processes that get better and better that third party there's a great video with dave nitzel uh, on his new youtube channel um what's the channel do you know it Dave Nitzel at the
0: end. YouTube.com slash Dave Nitzel.
1: Dave, that's right. Um, And he literally just had this conversation about uh why you want to have a third party it's like if you don't have the biggest all these big companies these retailers they don't do it themselves yeah. cuz they know it's wrong
0: no it, um it's the wrong person yeah. I'll back you up there's a reason why I have Sam traveling with me it's right. because I should not be playing with cameras right. I should not be doing social media right. I do not help my brand when I try to do those things I hurt my brand when I try to do those right. things cuz that's not my lane my lane is this and I'm right. surrounding myself with people who are better at shit than I am. Yep. And you will go so much further. Because if you don't have time to do it right the first time, what makes you think you're gonna have time to do it right the second time, the third right. time, the fourth time? Do it right the first time. Outsource. Right. So
1: we take stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. We take we take that process out of the hands of managers and bartenders so they can do the rest of their job very, very well, what they're really good at doing. And last thought on that. And and it's funny because we were talking with Sam about this when we were sitting in the cafe, and I can't believe I forgot this till the very end because uh, it's a great morsel. Take take into account the idea that if if I'm a manager, a bar manager or a bartender looking for a job, and you tell me, hey, by the way, you never have to count the inventory, ever. That's a job perk. No. Um, as Sam was saying in Iowa, he said if, if the, everybody there they, they're, they're doing all the inventory. If you if you had that one body you to be a line out the door. Yeah. Right. So your ability to attract staff is going to is going to be impacted by that but also to retain staff if i don't have to worry about that as part of my job if i can do the things that i truly love yeah. you know i'm going to i'm going to stick around for yeah. longer so that's a, there's all these benefits and impacts that happens when you have the right company. and again don't don't hire me hire a uh, hire a good company if you want to hire me great if you're from miami fine fine uh, if you're in a place where Barmetrics doesn't exist, seek out a company
0: like you really want to become have the them. franchisee. It's become the franchisee. There's an opportunity there. there. Go to
1: barmetrics.com. <laughs> yeah. They have franchising uh, uh, opportunities available. Um, I am a huge advocate. I love what I do. I love that I can help. Boston people. market
0: yet? That? Is that the Boston market ticket? Nope. It's all yours. All right, let's talk. All right, <laughs> got Maybe it. I'm not the right person, but I might know somebody. For all right, me. all right. Cool. Um, I get a commission for that. So all right. Sick. <laughs> uh, all right. So from the top, these are the five best ways to coach or that I say bar metrics coaches up their clients to get five to 10% increase on their bottom line. Number one, the, the honest human element it's there. You can't forget it. Number two, don't set it and forget it. Number three, don't correct the person, correct the process. Number four, don't ignore the supply chain management side of things. Number five, hire the right person to do the job.
1: Yeah. And if I can, um, I apologize if those are a little clumsy and I no, just want to it's perfect. No, no actually no no for, for the listener um, those are those are me that's me trying to paraphrase you right? paraphrase in the book right? well yeah but I'm, I'm trying to take lessons in, in the bar shift and, and shove them down into like five concepts yeah we give away the secrets of how to do it in The Bar Shift. Grab the book and do yeah. it.
0: The book, The Bar Shift, is what so, we're talking yeah. about. He's pointing at it right now on, on the video. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, before we do say goodbye, I do want to give you a chance to, again, talk about your next book coming out, The, the Hospitality... Um, hospitality
1: DNA. DNA. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is
0: that book? What, what's going on there?
1: So my co-author, Dave Nitzel, and I, after we wrote this book, uh, he's he is the stimulus, by the way. he's He is the impetus for all, all of this stuff yeah. that we do. I uh, he said, hey, let's do another book. And uh, it started out as a... We're trying to look at uh, trying trying to interview some people we know who are excellent in the industry uh, about how they create customer service and hospitality. Those conversations went nowhere for us. We couldn't figure out how to get it out of them. But we found as we started talking to them, these these uh, these people. Because of who we know, they were award winners already, yeah. you know? And uh, we started getting tidbits about how they achieved what they had. And these are just incredible people with incredible stories. We started asking each one, hey, who should I talk to next? Who should I talk to
0: next? Hey, that sounds familiar.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we started just, we had this chain. And we realized that we had, um, it was probably about seven or eight interviews in, we had this group of insanely incredible people who were international award winners in their fields, like, you just, you can't deny, yet, like, so many people don't know who they are, uh, because our industry doesn't always publish all this. I think you were telling me about the, yeah. the way media controls the, our, the, our the, Yeah,
0: we don't control the, the narrative in our industry.
1: It's yeah. disgusting <laughs> that we don't. It's gonna-
0: we, and it's, it's a problem. It's a real problem. Yeah. I think we need to be more, we, I think we're, we're all just so concerned about getting that media. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The media around our industry is consumer-facing, right? Yeah. And, and we're kind of like, we let it happen to us, yeah. you know? we do. Yeah. Um, I just think it's an issue I think we need to to control the narrative of our industry. We, sh- we should decide who gets made an example of, not the... So that's
1: the yeah. that's the beauty of this book, right? So we're, we're getting these incredible people. Sal- Salvatore Calabresi, uh, uh, Julio Cabrera, Menakshi um, Singh, Catalin uh, Ben, I'm probably saying her name wrong. I'm sorry, Catalin. Um, it's just so many. There's like 27 to 30 people we interviewed. I should have that number locked in my brain, yeah. but I always mix it up. Um, and we realized we could distill their their lessons in business and in life uh, into a specific set of lessons. We figured out there's like I think it's like 15 or 16 building blocks two or three connectors and then what we found we called the uh, uh, the helix points of yeah. uh, of, uh, of what they've done and who they are um, the building blocks are things that various people various of these people had so one might have three or four in spades one might have two or three um, the, the the helix uh, points uh, these are five things that we found that all of them shared. Uh, to some degree most in very high levels and this is gonna be
0: a teaser because i think there's gonna be a good chance (laughs) we're gonna get you on the show we'll cover those five points uh and then
1: then we and the last piece because it's important then we we take all that and we we use our stories inside of there but then we also coach out from that um on how to use that you want to be award-winning or just elevate your game in in your space this is what it takes yeah so that's that's the book it was a blast to write the interviews were incredible as you know it's yeah, so much and I,
0: fun yeah i can't wait to get that in my hands on that book i can't wait to dive you you gave me a copy of the bar shift i love to read books before i get the guests on the show that's usually my standard but we got this book two days ago uh, i'm excited no you're fine i'm excited to dive into it i can't wait to pull the lessons out of it and i can't wait until uh, the hospitality dna comes out i have a feeling you'll be back on the show maybe with dave your partner nitzel uh to um you know Pull back the layers in that book as well. Yeah. And uh, before we say goodbye, uh, I would like to like like you know who, help me find the next person. I can't remember the words you use, but who do you respect and admire? And you know the the Miami market so well. So like, who's really doing it right? Who who are the people that you think <laughs> need to be made an example of in this industry? So
1: now I have to list every client I have. Uh, sorry if I if I don't list you here. I, this is gonna I'm just gonna go off the top of my head. Um, and there's so many here, man. Like this this market. Uh, I found out when I came here, it was it was on a on a in the middle of if not, it's on an amazing upswing. It's got there's a, it's attracted uh, and frankly grown, homegrown this group of people that are just exceptional. I've done I've done this all over the world, right? Yeah. Um, you got Dan Binkovitz. Dan uh, Binkovitz. Dan Binkovitz is amazing. Julio Cabrera, his story is insane uh, and also amazing. Uh, uh, Julio and dance partner uh, Michelle. Um, Let's see.
0: Give me one more.
1: One more. Okay. Let's see. One more. Because I have to be careful here. Two right? more. I can't, can't upset. Me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're torn between um,
1: two. One, there's a person, and I, I feel like she's a relatively unknown, but I have never stopped being impressed by her. Uh, and her name is Catalina Monsal. And I've never seen a better operator a manager of people like the way she works with her staff i just <laughs> she creates this culture it's insane those are the three i'm going with okay right there. Yeah, dan
0: yeah, yeah. uh what's the last name
1: dan binkovitz julio julio cabrera
0: and catalina
1: and catal uh, no um yeah, Kat, uh, Catalina,
0: i Look out, folks. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And lastly, before we say goodbye, how can we connect with you? If we really enjoyed today's conversation, if we're inspired by you, motive, motivated by you, we want to maybe work with you or at least just follow up with you. What's the best way to connect?
1: Um, so uh, the best way is, is by email. And if you forget this or can't write it down or can't spell it or whatever, uh, you can go to barmetrics.com and you can go down to the Miami franchise and I'm right there. So that's B A R M E T R I X dot com. Um, and you go to Miami, there's Dave Domzalski. Um, my email address is Dave at barmetrics com. And I know everybody can spell that because it's a really easy name. Uh, it's D O M Z A L S K I, actually, phonetic in a weird way, Domzalski uh, at barmetrics com.
0: And if you can't remember all that, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com dot com slash nine seven we We'll have a summary of today's discussion over there, as well as any links to any tools, services, books recommended uh, on the show, all over there, waiting for you again. at dot slash nine seven three Dave Domzalski. Thank you so much, my friend. It's been a is, pleasure yeah man, there is <laughs> been no been questioning crazy. you are unstoppable.
1: Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks got man. It there. <laughs>
0: There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Dave Domzalski, for coming on and getting deep into the world of bars and the numbers behind bars and the little things we can do to increase our efficiencies behind the bar. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited for this hospitality book you guys got coming out in the near future. Uh, I'm passionate about human evolution how we are why we are the way we are and why we develop this ability to be hospitable and why is that even something that exists within us these are questions i'm interested in and i'm hoping that you guys tap into that with your next book so um, when that comes out uh, we'll be getting you back on the show to discuss the world of hospitality and what it means to be hospitable uh so i'm excited really excited for that um we need your support. There's a ton of ways you can support the show. As you're listening to this right now, we are planning our next trip. We're going to be going to Charleston. We have some great invitations out already. Uh, we're not sure who's confirmed yet. We still got some time, but if uh, if this list comes through, you guys are in for a treat. Charleston's going to be a good trip, and uh, maybe there's somebody you think we should get on the show in Charleston. We're always looking for people uh, that are, you know behind the scenes uh, focus on doing the work not necessarily trying to get the media get the press but have a story that's worth being shared so if you know what one of these badasses, let us know we're always looking for people to make an example of also we're looking to get creative with our YouTube channel um, Sam is doing a great job over at YouTube if you have not subscribed yet head over to rest or sorry head over to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable and check out that YouTube channel Sam is cutting our two-hour-long episodes into 15 to 20-minute more digestible uh, like highlight reels. Uh, and we also do shorts, too. So that's all happening over at YouTube. But we also want to start connecting with uh, the people who are adjacent to the restaurant industry, the artisans, the craft people. For example, we had Grills by Demont on this show. They're not restaurateurs, but they make grills for restaurants, and they're badass people. And we want to help get the names out and help get exposure for these badass arti- 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 artisans. Is where I'm trying to say. Artisans and crafts people. So if you know of anybody in Charleston, let us know. And uh, I cannot say goodbye without saying thank you to the people who make the show possible. Again, thank you to Sam for the videography and social media from sad and sam.com. and thank you to Jerry. Jared Parisi for at Madre Podcast for the editing and copyright takes an army. I'm grateful for mine. That's it for today. Until next time. Peace out.